Welcome back to Looking Above. My name is Brooklyn and this is my friend Karen. And we are talking about prayer this season. So if you've been listening in, we're continuing that. If not, you can go back and listen to our last few episodes. Um, But today we are talking about praying the ordinary, Mm. which is exactly as it sounds. But we're going (laughs) to break it down a little bit for you. Um, But first, we invite you to join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are just thankful for just even being able to podcast and connect with all the people that are listening, Lord. We pray that everything that we say is your words and not ours. Mm-hmm. Don't let us say anything that that you don't want us to say. Um, and we just ask that you translate to anyone listening so that it applies directly to them, so that it speaks to their heart, God. We just pray that you speak to our hearts and their hearts and Um, we just pray your blessing over everybody listening. We also just thank you that we can pray throughout the day in the ordinary always, because that is a gift from you that I think sometimes I take for granted, Lord. And so I just thank you for that. Um, we pray all of these things in your son's name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay. Where are we starting today? Well, I thought, um, I'd like to kind of lay a foundation before we actually talk about praying the ordinary. Um, I want us to understand why, (laughs) why we do this kind of prayer and just kind of understand the world in which we live, because I think it, I think it helps us understand why we do this and why this is important. And I've been realizing lately it's, it's important for all of us to understand the whys in life, right? We don't just want to know what we're supposed to do, but we need to understand why we do it and why it matters. So I want to kind of get, go back and I'm not even going to talk about prayer to start. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there is a book by Randy Frazee and I'll have to put it in the um, notes, the notes. Yeah. Because at the moment I'm, I didn't write down, I'm not thinking about it, but it's a book by Randy Frazee and years ago, a church that we were attending um, in a year when my husband was not pastoring, did a sermon series on this book. And the book particularly has to do with how we spend our time, but it talks a lot about our relationships because relationships take a lot of our time and because we are relational. And so life is done in relationships. So our time is lived in relationships. So the way that Randy um, explained this was about doing our lives linearly. And he said that we segregate our world into spheres. So for instance, if we like thought of ourselves as being, you know, in this center sphere, this is me. And then out from that come all of these spokes like on a wheel. And at the end of every spoke is a separate sphere. And these are the spheres in which we live. So one of them is our workplace. And in our workplace, we're in relationship with all of these people. And then one of them is, let's say you go to the gym every day. So that's another sphere. And so the people that you work out with are in that sphere. And then another one might be your life group that you see every week. And so there's the people, your small group at church that you are in relationship with. And one of them might be uh, the other parents on your kid's soccer team. So, you know, three nights a week, you're at the soccer field interacting with those parents. So if we kind of map out our life, we recognize 
recognize that we have all of these different spheres where we have relationships with people. And some of them probably encompass big parts of our time and some of them smaller parts of our time. But we have all these different spheres where we're interacting with people. And he said what ends up happening is we um, live with a crowded loneliness because we are in relationship with so many people in so many separate spheres. What we end up doing is we walk into this sphere, we go to work and we're in relationship with these people. And then we are transitioning mentally out of that sphere. And then we're going to whatever, maybe you're a coach. And so then you're transferring into this sphere where I'm now in relationship with all the kids on my team. And then we are mentally having to come out of that sphere and go into the next sphere. And so a lot of our time and a lot of our mental faculties are spent and emotional, I guess, uh, relational faculties are spent like going into and out of these spheres all day long and into relationship. And so we're constantly managing because depending on which sphere you're in, maybe you're a little bit different. Yeah. Right. Just thinking that (laughs) probably you aren't the same exact same. If you're coaching a five-year-old soccer team and then you're going to work and you work on the oil field, like you're, probably dealing with the dudes you work with on the field differently than you are with the five-year-olds that you then coach in the the evening, right? So it's a lot of just like changing hats constantly. And, and it's a lot of mental work for us. And we were made for connection, right? That's how God made us was to be in relationships. So it is beautiful. But when you look at this map and here you are, and you've got this sphere and this sphere and this sphere, and then you add in your husband, over here right and so he's like your family sphere but then his sphere like if we mapped it he connects okay so he doesn't work out with you he works out with different people so then he's got this different thing but he goes to life group with you so then your lines connect at life group so like you converge at certain places but you're completely different in other places and so then like till you get your whole family on there like we're in this crazy chaos of relationship and we're all constantly popping in and out of all these different spheres and it's a lot of work. And so we live in these like segregated lives where we're just constantly in different, um, different spheres. So he says, if we look back at the way Jesus did his life, um, he lived circularly. So instead of linearly where he was going out to all of these spheres and and then into another sphere, he lived within this circle. So you put all of his disciples in this circle with him and he was in relationship with these same 12 guys and they worked together and they ate together and they probably worked out together and they traveled together. So he was doing all of his life in where almost all of his relational energies were with the same people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So as churches, when we, when we look at life groups and we talk about that, we kind of talk about doing that, right? Like where we want these people to be people you do life with. And so I always say that the, the organically created life groups, life groups where you're like, these are my friends. These are people I'm already hanging out with outside of church. When you then are in life group with them it's like merging those two spheres. Yeah. And the more merging we can do, the less chaotic and the less stressful our lives are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to take this to prayer. Okay. Okay. 
we do the same thing with our spiritual life. So not only are we in all of these relationships, but then we like to take our relationship with God and make it its own separate sphere. And we like to say, okay, God, and I mean, it's really more of a box right, than a sphere, but we like to say, okay, God, I'm going to get up and I'm going to give you 20 minutes this morning where I'm going to read my devotional and I'm going to spend a few minutes praying for my day. And then I'm going to step out of that sphere mm-hmm. and go into my day and do my in and out of all my other spheres thing. And so we like to segregate the sacred we like to segregate the spiritual part of our lives from the secular part of our lives. Yeah. And that can even relate to like church on a Sunday, right? Right. right. So we might come to church and okay, that's part of that sphere is I'll give you that time, God. But then I'm going to go out and I'm going to live my life and I'm going to leave God in that sphere. Just like I leave my work friends in their sphere. And then I Mm -hmm. go out with my social friends. I'm going to leave God in that sacred sphere that I have that time with God. And then I'm going to go about my ordinary day Mm -hmm. and do those ordinary things completely negligent of the fact that actually God is with me. So God, when he created the world, right? It says he created the heavens and the earth. He created the spiritual realm and the secular realm, the tangible realm. He created us as people who have spirit, right? Like we have these souls that are going to live on with him. So we have the flesh part of us, but we also have the spiritual part of us and they are intertwined and we can't separate them when we're living on this earth. We can't say, I'm going to take my (laughs) soul out of my body. Like we can't do that. And yet we try to live like that is the reality. Mm -hmm. Like our spiritual life is separate from our physical life. But here in the Bible, we have this beautiful visual of spiritual and physical melded in Jesus. So he's the perfect example for us of the spiritual walking around in flesh, Mm -hmm. walking around doing the ordinary things. And yet everything he did that was ordinary was also spiritual. Yeah. True. (laughs) I want to go back and reread the gospels just like with that theme in mind. Right. Like thinking about the fact, okay, they're walking right now, but Jesus is walking as if what he's doing is spiritual. Mm -hmm. What he is doing is prayer. He is in communication with God. So another concept that I think plays into this from the Bible is the idea of tabernacle. So in the Old Testament, we had the tabernacle, which God set up as the place where he met with his people. That was the place where they came for worship and the place that they came for prayer and to offer sacrifices was the place where his glory dwelled, right? Where the Ark of the Covenant was. And then when we have the new covenant, when Jesus comes, he does away with that old way of doing things. And now God comes and tabernacles. He lives and dwells in us. So the Holy Spirit goes with us. We are now the tabernacle. So if we just apply this literally everywhere I go, I am at church. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because I am church. I am the tabernacle. I am the place where God's spirit dwells. And so everywhere I go should be holy. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Everything I do should be holy. Everything I say should be holy because his holiness resides within me. So holy meaning set apart. So everything I'm doing should be set apart to him. Everything I say should be set apart for his glory. Everything that I'm doing and where I'm going and the relationships, all of it, we now need to see as he's not in this box, but literally, right, right. Yeah. He is with us in all of it. And everything that we do is spiritual. Now, We can know that, but we can live outside of that knowledge. So I can come to worship on Sunday morning and have zero encounter with God and zero experience with God. And you're like, no, that's not true. You know, God is in that place, but I can come and be completely unaware of his presence. Mm -hmm. I can come to worship after spending the week self-focused Mm-hmm. and walk into worship just as self-focused as I was all week. And I can sit here in this place in the presence of the saints singing his praises and have zero connection with what I am doing. Yeah. Give an example of that. Like, so I could come in and instead of focusing on the words, maybe I just stand there. I'm not even singing or maybe I'm standing there and my mouth is going through the actions, but my mind is thinking, I don't like this song. Mm. Why are we singing this? And wow, it's really cold here today. I wish they would turn that up. And man, they have that bass loud and I don't like that. And so we are completely self-absorbed in our own fleshly reality and ignorant of the fact that God's presence is residing in me. And, you know, we talked recently, I don't think it was on the podcast. I think it was maybe in the room, whatever, but that God is enthroned. Oh, it was in one of our Psalms readings. God is enthroned on our praise. So literally when we are praising God, Jesus is like sitting, like sitting on our praise, like comfortably, like you would recline on a couch. Like we are making this hospitable environment for him to be in our presence when we praise him. And yet we can just sing those words and they could mean nothing yeah, because we aren't doing it with this recognition of the sacred and the secular being together or without even recognizing that God is in our midst and that he is the one that I am singing to right now because I'm so focused on me and I don't like the song and I don't like the temperature and I don't like the sound. So we get so self-absorbed that we aren't even recognizing his presence there. Yeah. In that place. Same thing in our lives. I can walk around as the tabernacle of God, be completely oblivious to the fact that he is with me in every moment because I live not maybe ignorant of it, but maybe just shut down Mm -hmm. to the fact that his presence is with me and that what I am doing right now, I'm doing with him and for him. Mm-hmm. you know, that the Holy Spirit is here. And so as I am podcasting, I am podcasting with Jesus and for Jesus and his presence is here. Yeah. As you're listening to this, you are listening with Jesus and for Jesus and the Holy Spirit within you is partaking of this with you. But I could totally disconnect yeah. and ignore that, that God is in my ordinary life. Yeah. 
That was good. You brought that full circle. <laughs> I wasn't sure at first, but yeah. Are you going to land the plane, no. Karen? <laughs> no, you did. But, and I think it's too so easy to, even if we are aware of that, but to take it for granted right. too. Like just the, right. that he is in our midst. The God is in our midst. It's right. just, right. it is, it makes me awe-spired. I don't know if that's the right yeah. word, but just... It's something that we should reflect on and yes. should be in awe about yes. um, throughout our day. The name Emmanuel has been on my heart so often recently. You know, Emmanuel, God with us. That was the name, you know, given to Jesus. And we think of that as Jesus. But this is true of the Holy Spirit. Like he is God with us, mm -hmm. like with me everywhere I go in everything I do, listening to every conversation, God is with me, with me, Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. And that's been on my mind a lot, probably because God's trying to teach me about this. Because like we said, we can, we are guilty of this too, of going through life and just living unaware of his presence in every moment. Mm -hmm. And that's what the prayer of the ordinary is calling us back to is saying in everything we do in every moment, you can make that a prayer and prayer again, being conversation with God. So everything that we do through our day can be part of our conversation mm -hmm. with God. Yeah. And I love that was it last week that we talked about the prayer of examine? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, that really sets us up for the prayer of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. Because I, at least for me, the more mm -hmm. I do the prayer of examine, which you can go back and listen to last week's, but really mm -hmm. quick, it's just um, praying and asking God to show you where he was that day. Mm -hmm. The more you do that, the more I think it is easier to be aware of his presence mm -hmm. and to remember that everything we do Mm -hmm. is prayer. Mm -hmm. Should we break down yeah. the prayer of the, or praying yeah. the ordinary? Yeah. You want to help us do that? Yeah, I do. So there's three ways that we can um, pray the ordinary according mm -hmm. to Richard Foster in our mm -hmm. book, prayer. Mm -hmm. um, friend Richard, I know my friend, my friend, Rich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the first way is by turning ordinary experiences of life into prayer. So okay. pretty much like the name says, ordinary. Mm -hmm. um, but that means like what you are doing every day. Not so much that set a set aside sacred time mm -hmm. of prayer, but more like like rushing in the mornings, mm -hmm. like getting ready in the mornings, mm -hmm. um, going to work mm -hmm. or staying home. Um, and this doesn't yeah. mean you're not talking right now about praying in those moments. No. You're talking about those moments as prayer. Our prayer. Yeah. Okay. So we're doing these things as worship, as communication with God. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So when we recognize what we've just been talking about, that God is with me in everything, mm -hmm. then we can start to see that the things I do are also speaking to him. Yeah. It's communicating to him. Mm -hmm. Which means it with, the way that we do things matters. Yes. And I think that's the big difference between not being aware of God and just doing things and doing them as prayer mm. is doing it in a way that glorifies him. Mm -hmm. um, but Richard Rich talks about... <laughs> I'm going to do that. Goodness, I hope he sees now. this. Someday. I do too. We should send Just it so to you him. know, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> we love your book. Um, but he says that no matter what your work is, it can be done in prayer. Mm 
So it really is like if you stay home like me and you are a mom, I mean, everyone's a mom all day, but that is my main job all day long. Um, I can do that as prayer. Mm -hmm. If I'm aware of God's presence, Mm -hmm. if you're a mechanic like my husband, you can do it as prayer ministry. Like it's easy to do ministry without doing it as prayer. Right. But you have to be aware of God's presence. Right. Um, So um, Brother Lawrence uh, is a famous monk, I guess. But he wrote a whole book on this or a book has been written about him. I'm not exactly sure. I think he wrote it. But um, but he um, talked about like finding God and washing the dishes, basically like standing over the dishes and doing this very simple, very mundane task, which most of us are kind of grumbly about, but doing that as prayer, doing that as worship, seeing that like even this task that is soapy and wet and yucky and that we have to do over and over. I hate jobs that have to be done or you, if you know, Karen, this is my hate (laughs) of routine and whatever. Like I hate that every day I have to make a meal and then I have to clean it up every single day. And not just once a day, but three times a day. Like it just frustrates the poop out of me (laughs) that I have to do this over and over again. And I just don't want to. And so, but if I could start to see that as prayer, Mm -hmm. how would that change how I then do those dishes at the end of the meal when I'm like, God, wash dishes again. Well, you would be more grateful and your heart would be changed, right? Right. Which you said you used to pray during doing the dishes. I used to. And, but that's kind of different though. Right. It's more of the action Mm -hmm. of doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. It's not praying like mm-hmm. we think of mm-hmm. um it's right the action right it's choosing to see our action as a form of prayer mm-hmm. as a form of communication so our mm-hmm. bodies communicate all the time right like that's body language it, yeah. they say it's what like 90 percent of communication is our body language so if we understand that just science of communication then to realize that our actions our bodies like our work what we're doing yeah can be a form of communication with to God. God. Yeah, that is, it's, it's simple, but it's also mind blowing. Right. Um, but then it just goes against what we think. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and I think that there's this um, misinformation that like artists, I've heard mm. so many artists or singers or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. anyone that does something that they really love and are passionate about mm-hmm. doing it as prayer. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's mm-hmm. that makes sense to mm-hmm. me but then like when I sit to paint yeah I think of that time as prayer time yeah which mm-hmm. makes sense because you love it and you and you're being creative, creative. And, right but then you do things like doing the dishes or washing the toilets or mm-hmm. changing dirty diapers mm-hmm. and and it doesn't feel it doesn't so glorious feel glorifying <laughs> to God yeah or to us, or to right? us. <laughs> um but it is and it's all about just recognizing that God is in your midst mm-hmm doing it as communication. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's important to note that uh, glorifying God and, and communicating with God in this way isn't always going to feel good, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. taking out the trash. I hate taking out right. the trash. Right. That doesn't feel good to me, yeah. but I can still do it right. as a way of communicating. Right. And I think um, in Foster's book and in um, the book he wrote on spiritual disciplines, he also talks about... Um, the way we really grow in this is by choosing to do the dirty, ordinary, mundane jobs Mm -hmm. that 
as we choose to do those hard, dirty things, then it is refining in us. It teaches us and grows us. But um, so then you take that the step further and it's not just like, I want to grow in my knowledge of God and in my closeness with God, but I'm going to grow in my prayer life by choosing to do the hard, dirty, mundane things. Yeah. That no one will see that you will not get glory for. I need to make the choice to wash dishes as prayer totally changes that time spent washing dishes. It does. Yeah. I actually haven't tried it with dishes. <laughs> it is my least favorite task. Mm-hmm. So I will choose to do that. Yeah. Um, but also I thought that this was super interesting because I mean, we don't get glory for washing dishes. Mm-hmm. Actually, no one in my family, I think they all think they just mm-hmm. magically become mm-hmm. clean or something. Right. Like I get thanked for making dinner. I yeah. don't get thanked when I Wash sweep the floor. Or clean. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but artisans in the Middle Ages would do artwork on the back sides of their art mm. that they would never that no would never would be see. seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they did it because they knew God could see and they did it as a way of glorifying him with zero glory for themselves, mm. which I think is really cool. And mm-hmm. we can kind of think of that work that we do that never it's a it's I'm working on the back side. Yeah, I'm working on the back side. Yeah. <laughs> I am now working on the butt of yeah, this I, masterpiece, God. <laughs> but you can see it. But you see it. And then, okay, so <laughs> wrapping that up, our lives are done right. as prayer for his glory. Okay, so that's the first way we pray there's the ordinary. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a second one. And that is by seeing God in the ordinary mm. experiences of life. So that kind of goes along with the prayer of examine. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where I think they tie tie in really well. But it's kind of instead of at the end of the day, yeah. looking back, it's looking for him through the day now in the present. Yeah. Um, so looking for God when you're standing in the checkout line, when you're waiting. Richard mm-hmm. talks a lot about um, praying while waiting. Mm-hmm. And again, he's not talking about like actually praying he's mm-hmm. saying waiting is the prayer looking for god when you're in that time yeah looking yeah. for him in that time yeah. noticing that he is with you that you mm-hmm. are the tabernacle mm-hmm. um which this is something as i'm learning and praying more it's kind of like the the waiting on god you know mm-hmm. like i've been trying because i know you're so good at it and i'm trying to learn from you um to be quiet and still before god before i get into vomiting on God <laughs> or conversing with him. But I'm trying to vomiting learn. can also be an active. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm trying to be still with him and be quiet and trying to train myself to quiet my mind, which is super hard. And I'm still not quite there. So now I'm kind of like, I will choose like a word or an attribute or something. And I just say it in my head over and over and over Mm -hmm. to try and keep my mind from going to all different things. So I'll just be like, glory, 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 glory. Like that's what's going on in my mind. Focus on God's glory, focus on God's glory, like whatever. Um, But it's kind of that, right? So when you're standing in the checkout line, just just being with God in that. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, so from like a personal experience that's happened lately is, um, I'm, if you've watched this, you know that I don't like messes at all. And I like everything to be in their spots. And I'm very good at keeping We're the it exact that way. Opposite. We are. You will <laughs> learn both sides of the coin. Um, but I, they do. They bother me and they stress me out. 
But lately, God has been teaching me. Um, my word of the year this year is joy. And so I'm trying to find joy in just all of the things. But in the mess. In the mess. Yes. And God, and it's not me because this is not my heart. He is, it's him in my heart. <laughs> He's refining you. He's refining me. And um, there is just the other day, there was a huge mess in my living room and I, I had just cleaned it up. And um, I actually looked at it and I was just like, God was like, see, I gave you these kids and they, mm. they made this mess and this is evidence of them. But mm. like, and I did, I felt joy mm. and that's one of the fruit of his spirit. And I, it wasn't from me, it was from him, mm. but finding him in the messes. In that mess, yeah. in that moment, mm-hmm. just being aware of his presence. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that again with anything. Right. Um, right. If we're looking for him and that's what this is, this praying the ordinary is trying to look for training our brains. Mm-hmm. And, then, and again, look for we evidence. talk about in most of our podcasts about how it's not just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. first of right. all, we need to ask it's God work. for help. <laughs> yeah. And it is work. Mm-hmm. And the first time you try it, it, you might have to keep redirecting your mind back mm-hmm. to God. It might not stay on his uh, aware of him all day long right kind of like how you're talking how you have to repeat the word glory 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 <laughs> right but after time it's easier mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so i think that's important to note too that it does take practice mm-hmm. and we need his help we cannot right. do it by ourselves right and um, if we're prone to looking at the mess and we've talked about focus before but if we're prone to looking at the mess to look for god in the mess it takes work <laughs> yeah. since then I have been stressed by a mess so I but right, the so more it doesn't just happen no because you did it once right but then last night there I, I went to bed and my house wasn't clean <gasps> I know <laughs> I know um so but so the, it's just like progress mm-hmm. um I am right working on it God right. is refining me it's great well the same with you right he's refining you to get messier and me to get more disciplined isn't this a fun year <laughs> I think it's so funny that wherever we are on the spectrum, he'll like, he tries to get you the other way, more right. towards or the more middle. Or more towards the like middle. Him. Right. Yes. 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 Um, but yeah, we're both trying to meet. We're on the opposite. <laughs> we're, we're working our way towards each other <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> um, there is a third way. Mm-hmm. And it's praying throughout the ordinary experiences of okay. life. So now we're actually so this is like actually praying prayer as like, we would yeah. commonly define prayer. Yeah. Speaking to him mm-hmm. in our heads or mm-hmm. verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, one example that we do a lot and you also do this with your kids. But mm-hmm. um, whenever an ambulance passes, Quinn and I stop what we're doing and we pray for the EMTs or and the person that they're going to help mm-hmm. the doctors. Mm-hmm. And so that's just an easy way. Ambulances pass almost mm-hmm. every day, but not every mm-hmm. week. Um, where I live, I hear them every day. <laughs> yeah, not where I live. Yeah. <laughs> but but when I'm in town, and so mm-hmm. it is a it's an ordinary part of life that we can stop and pray during. Mm-hmm. Um, something right. we're going through with my life group right now is the habits of the household, and it, Justin Early, that's his name. Um, but he talks about praying every morning they leave to go to school or work Mm -hmm. or wherever Mm -hmm. it's a normal part of life but they stop every morning before they're out of the door and they pray um and what he said was and I thought it was really cool it changes from like rushing to get where you need to be Mm. and getting there on time because that can be the main focus but he stops and he's aware of God and Mm. he prays 
that they can all realize that God is sending them out. Mm. So instead of like rushing to get there, God is sending us out into the world to love others. Yeah. Yeah. So Quinn and I have been praying that too. Yeah. So just that moment of pause. Yeah. In the ordinary. use all different um, events or moments or whatever it is through our day to cause us like as a catalyst. Yes. Catalyst. That's a good word. For prayer. Right. So as you walk by someone in the grocery store, Mm -hmm. pray for that person. You don't know their situation, but you can still pray for them. Or you said this morning, as you drove past the high school, you Mm -hmm. prayed over the high school. So we can use these businesses in our community or these people, you know, I was telling you that I was watching people come into church yesterday and praying Mm -hmm. for them as I saw them. So, um, we can use these different experiences and the things that we see through our day as a catalyst for prayer. And it could be anything then really ordinary and it's going to happen whether you pray or not like Mm -hmm. so it's just stopping and Mm -hmm. realizing um and i've noticed that the more i do it and the more i'm in commune with god Mm -hmm. all day Mm -hmm. the holy spirit will lead me to pray for certain people or certain things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i've driven past the high school plenty of times and not prayed for it i try to also Mm -hmm. my sister is there so i have this like tug Mm -hmm. towards it but and, but, yeah. so, but today God was like, pray for it. The Holy right. spirit led me to that. So I think the more we do it, the easier again, that it is to, mm-hmm. to stop the more right. we practice it, the more ordinary it becomes It's <laughs> part of our normal. Right. Yeah. It becomes ordinary. Um, and that's, you know, the thing as we, yes, as we do it daily, praying the ordinary becomes our ordinary. Mm-hmm. So yes, it becomes part of just the fabric of our lives is that when I live, I am going to be recognizing that God goes with me. He is not in this separate sphere where I check in with him and then go and check in with all my other spheres, but he is within me and he goes everywhere I go. And therefore everything I'm doing is prayer. And in everything I do, I can pray. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. practically Mm -hmm. when you're first starting finding those moments throughout the day that happen and that are Mm -hmm. your ordinary. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, leaving the house in the morning, you're going to go to take your kids to school every morning, whatever it is for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And making that a marker. And just throughout the day, finding a few markers that you're like, I need to stop and pray. Mm -hmm. And then the more that you do it, the more markers you have and the more things that are ordinary that you pray for. And giving ourselves grace when we're not great at it right off. Mm -hmm. So back in the fall, when I was taking that class on spiritual formation, one of the exercises we were supposed to do was to go through an entire day and pray for everyone that we interacted with. And I probably made it till 10 AM and totally forgot that I was doing it Mm -hmm. because it wasn't something that had been trained into me yet. And so I like, I royally failed. And I had to say that on my assignment, like I was doing great. And then I just forgot that's what I was doing because it wasn't my normal, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so we need to have grace for ourselves. And so if this isn't something that you're doing right now, don't kill yourself over it. You know, it's, it's a practice. It's a spiritual discipline. Prayer is a discipline and it's something that we grow in Mm -hmm. and God has grace for us in the growth. He has grace for us in our mess ups, Mm -hmm. 
but also is just like, it's a goal that we work towards. You know, for me, that's like a driving factor. Like I want this to be ordinary. Yeah. And then after time it is, Mm -hmm. which is really Mm -hmm. rewarding too. Right. And we're not in it alone. God is with you as we are talking about right now. And he is helping you and he will, he will help you to notice him if you ask for that too. Yeah. I think we can, um, take notice in Jesus's life. Mm -hmm. So the way that he prayed, like it says that he often withdrew, right? He often, and in the early morning, often he would go off and pray for, spend time with his father for extended periods of time before he went about his normal, ordinary walking around doing life with people day. But then we see him pray and communicate with God throughout the day as well. So there's both is a both and situation, mm-hmm. right? We need our extended periods of time. They then bubble over into the ordinary. Yeah. Right. And I think the more that we start to start our days and focus on prayer, at least I'm finding this, then it does kind of trickle down and affect yeah. the things I do. I think so too. Yeah. In the Habits of the Household book that I'm reading, he actually talks a lot about starting the day with prayer and then it Mm -hmm. changes your whole day Mm -hmm. Um, because we can start our day and look at our phone and then we see like our to do list. And Mm -hmm. so then our day becomes about that. Mm -hmm. Or we look at social media and then it's measuring up. And there's so many things that you could do first. But if you pray first, then your day becomes about what God will have you do or about Mm -hmm. God's glory. And so it does, it it overflows and then it's easier. Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So a Psalm that is super familiar to most of us is Psalm 139. Mm -hmm. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Surely, oh, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. No matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, you know, it says that he knows our thoughts. He sees our actions, you know, and this is David in the Old Testament before we had this whole idea of I mean, he talks about the spirit. So this is clearly spirit guided writing because this is before the Holy Spirit has like come and Pentecost. Right. And yeah, descended upon them and and filled them. And yet he's guiding David to write these Mm. things even then. But it's saying like, God, you are with me in the ordinary. Mm -hmm. You see my ordinary. You go with me. You know all of it. And so for us to think for a moment that we can put God in a box. What was us? Like, (laughs) you know, you Pharisees, you blind guides, like you don't even get it. Like I am with you all the time and I am in every moment and everything you do. And how would our lives change if we acknowledge that? If we started to live our days recognizing God in the ordinary. Mm -hmm. The fruit that will come from that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. 
and leads back right back to as always like to what we're doing here you know we can focus on the ordinary or we can focus on god in the ordinary yeah hence the name of our podcast yes (laughs) and with that we will end (laughs) and remind you as always keep keep looking looking above. above